0: the podcast
3: we put eight couples through a two-day marriage seminar to give you an inside look at what marriage therapy is really all about these eight couples all came to the seminar to improve their marriage tim and vicki webster married for two and a half years they are separated and Vicky is expecting their second child. My next couple Layton and Debbie Clark have two children and have been married for 11 years Derek and Valencia Stevens have been married for five and a half years. George and Beth Postuka have been married 15 years and have two children. Randy and Pam Mowell have been married for over 12 years and also have two children. Joe and Karen Strickland have been married for two years. They have three children, two from a previous marriage and one child together. Jim and Lori Tolliver have been married for nine months. The last of the eight couples has the biggest obstacle to overcome because James and Mimi have been married six years. Mimi has filed for divorce. They came to the seminar to truly save their marriage. Please meet them also, James and Mimi Lacey. Also joining us is our mastermind behind Saving Your Marriage. He is the author of this book called Getting the Love You Want by Harville Hendricks, Getting the Love You Want. So the theory behind Getting the Love You Want is?
4: Well, the theory is that every person marries someone who has similarities to their parents. There's an inner image called the imago, which... It was created in childhood, and that image is similar to one's parents. Therefore, with those parents, you have unresolved issues. Mm -hmm. So when you grow up and go into a marriage and adult life, those unresolved issues represent themselves in the marriage for solution so that marriage is a structure within which healing can occur if couples will learn how to do that, namely, how to meet each other's childhood needs.
3: Which means specifically, if you had parents who neglected you and never paid any attention to you and never validated you, that the chances of you going and picking someone who does the same to you are pretty good.
4: Pretty good, and especially if you fall in love with them. We now understand that the falling in love experience is a selection process in which you set up that situation in order to repair it. Really? So that the entry into modern marriage is through romantic love, and that nature has divides that I think in order for us to get connected to the right person with whom we can grow the most and experience the healing of our wounds.
3: So what this weekend seminar does is it allows couples to do what?
4: Well it allows couples to understand each other as having those childhood wounds, understanding that the conflicts that they have in the relationship which make it difficult arise out of hurt and pain rather than out of being bad or being awful. Helps them identify that and also helps them understand what they have to do to meet their partner's childhood needs. And that I think is the unconscious mandate of a marriage is that both partners have to commit to helping each other basically finish childhood. And once you finish childhood with your partner, then you can go on to the marriage that you hoped you would have at the beginning.
3: All right, so we're gonna look at a modeling exercise. What does that mean?
4: Well, the modeling exercise is actually a third part of an exercise called converting uh, frustrations into behavior change requests. And that's teaching couples essentially not to ever have spontaneous conflict anymore, but to make a request for what they want, knowing that in their frustration there's a desire. And the desire is what we want stated. And then once a couple has stated the desire and turned it into a description of a behavior that would satisfy that desire, for instance, like I would like to have you touch me in a certain way, Mm -hmm. then it's important that that person learn how that uh, way uh, is, how to be touched. So this modeling exercise is a training exercise in which one partner is going to train the other partner in just exactly the way they want to be touched. All right. You teach him just how it has to be. Is he holding you tight enough, loose enough?
5: Come on, don't be in the bed. going go.:
4: Does that feel right? Speak up. And is he saying the words and expressing the feelings? Because you have to train him to be the person who gives you what you need.
3: And so how did that make you feel? It made me feel that he cared for me, but it was only for that moment. It was something that went back from the beginning when we first met, Mm -hmm. not as the relationship is now. Mm -hmm. And so what has happened since then?
6: Well, we've grown a little, but we're still not as close as I think we can be.
1: Uh It takes time. It's an effort. It's a constant effort
3: what are we doing
4: now well Oprah we are now going to demonstrate what I call a modeling exercise there are two two things have happened before we get to this point usually in the exercise and that is one partner has had a frustration in this case Tim and he's expressed it and also the desire behind it and then he's going to model what he wants so we're going to go very quickly through the frustration the desire and the behavioral
7: request and then spend some time on the modeling okay okay Becky when We embrace. You don't get as close as I'd like you to be. You keep yourself back. What I'd like to to do is just have you embrace me and make it seem like that you really want to embrace. Okay. Now, can you quickly mirror that back
2: of what you're hearing? When I hold you, you feel like I'm pulling back from you, and I'm not really showing affection like I should.
4: Correct. Okay. Now, would you ask her to let you train her in exactly the way you want her to do that behavior so that she'll imprint it on her mind and be able to reproduce it as a target-specific
7: behavior to your needs later? Would so you, you do
4: that in any way you want to? Okay.
7: Would you allow me to show you how I like to to be held and you know get the feelings that I'd like to, to feel during this time? Okay. 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 What would you like to do? need you to put your arms around me. Just a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Put your right arms up. Make me know that you're there. Yeah.
4: Just like that. Okay. Is there anything you wanted to say? Mm-hmm. Jeez, it doesn't have just, to be verbal. Just to hold okay. you. No, it's just hold. So, so what happens when couples model like this is that they are able to reproduce in their bodies an imprint of the way they were held and need to be reheld in their relationship. So when the modeling is done, that imprinting is reactivated and they feel bonded in a way that's possible only by doing that exactly as they need it to be done.
3: Really? What do you do in a case like mine when Stedman is a whole foot taller than me?
4: <laughs> I think you'd have to kneel down a little bit or you get up on a yeah. chair or something like that. Or you can <laughs> lie down and be held in a prone position. There are many different ways the holding could be done and sometimes it's when we're lying together do it that way and so forth. But what's important is that there'll be an exactness of the picture in your head created in the behavior. And when that occurs, then at the deep level in one's unconscious, there's a connection.
7: And that connection then begins a healing process.
3: And so what what has that done for you?
7: Well, it makes me feel that she wants it as bad as I do, that she shows me the love that I want to show her, you know, that it's reflected back. And before
3: it was what just sort of a perfunctory you
7: know it was just a limp type of a hug you know like eh, okay i'll do it Uh you know but so she has to hold you tightly with some energy more secure and then that's what triggers the
4: uh, sensations in his mind exactly
3: okay and that's called modeling
4: that's called modeling
3: okay mirroring and modeling is all a part of the container exercise right
4: yes it's a, it's a part in the sense that some, the container includes all those things. Mm-hmm. The container that we're going to see in just a few uh, seconds mm-hmm. uh, comes at the end of the workshop, after about 16 hours mm-hmm. of work, where skills of mirroring, holding, feedback, modeling and all that have already been taught. And then all of these are included in a seven step process we call a container. And the container is an opportunity for one partner to be a nurturing and caring person while their other partner regresses into uh, hurt and pain, triggered in the relationship but rooted in childhood. And the holding partner helps that person regress and in the process of holding them, there's an unconscious healing that mm-hmm. begins to happen mm-hmm. in that relationship. And, and that's so we, what we'll see. We
3: want to emphasize too that the person who is listening is the container. And so there are always two sides to a oh, story. Yes, right. But what you you only see one side of the yeah, story. We only here. have
4: time to show one side, but there's an alternation of this. So one person sort of looks like the bad person in a container, mm-hmm. but actually what they are in is a nurturing, empathic mode and the other person is regressing into their childhood. So period.
3: the couple you're going to see, Debbie and Leighton Clark, we flew in for this seminar from Texas because they'd already done they'd your been seminar. been a
4: workshop before. Been mm-hmm. to a workshop before. And they wanted to come back and do another one. All right. You have commitments.
2: We all have commitments. But like Thursday nights, I'll be at work, and I know you want to get to choir rehearsal earlier. You're the director, and, and that's your responsibility. But I remember a time I got... Had up by my boss, by the, the chief of the group, and you know he wanted to talk. And when the boss says you want to talk, you sit down and you talk. And you know, so I come home late, and then it's push, push, push. Late and do this. Late and do that. You're the one that's that's causing all this trouble, and and why can't you get places on time? And it hurts for you to make the, just keep pushing like that, and and you're you're shoving and saying, hurry up, and don't take so long in the bathroom, and come on, we got to go, and, you know, we still have the kids to get ready, and we've got to load them in the car, and why didn't you get the diapers for Philip? I asked you to five minutes ago, and, you know, I'm trying to do what I can, but I'm human, and, and there's only so much I can do, and... I'll say that again. I do all I can. I'm trying to do all that I can. And,
4: and amplify. Say it louder. I'm. Stay with it. It's okay to express it.
2: You know, I I do what I can to get things done and to help you get off on time and and meet your schedule. But when you keep telling me that I'm just screwing things up and why couldn't I have been there on time and I'm just late and tardy and slow and not good enough, then that hurts. It's kind of like you dump on me and, and I don't get an opportunity to say, wait a minute. I'm doing everything that's that's I can. And, and Scream it at her. I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing the best that I can. <laughs> Scream it at her. I'm doing the best that I can. Stay with it. I'm doing the best that I can. I try and, and get home as quick as I can. You know, I see the speed limit, getting home. I'm thinking about Debbie. She wants to get to church, and, and I better hurry there, but I don't want to get caught by the police. So, you know, I get home, and you're just, it's not good enough. Layton, sure. hurry up. You're making me late, and, and it's your fault. And it hurts. Just
4: tell her about the hurt.
2: Well, it's like, like I'm not important. and It, it hurts not to be, to be vital and, and to be respected. It's like I, you don't have any respect for me. You're just trappings, and I've got to drag you around. And, and, and dragging you around is a real pain. You think that makes me feel good? I need some care, and I need your your support. And that's important to me, because I need to be important. (laughs) Me. You know, I have needs, too. I have to talk to my boss, and I have to answer questions and, and meet my deadlines. And they're important, too. Would you
4: move over and let her hold you, and let the tears and sobbing come? Or nurture you in this pain.
3: Now what we have to do is have this resolved, right?
4: Yes. Mm -hmm. The container has seven steps to it. And the first phase of it is where the the anger that's and the frustrations that are there in the relationship come Mm -hmm. from childhood. And then there's a nurturing phase, which we saw when she held him. And that's a, a healing process. After that, it's important to make cognitive and behavioral changes that is some changes in your thoughts and change in your behavior.
3: And I think so, the most important thing we want to emphasize here Harville is for people who are watching at home it doesn't necessarily mean you have to sit in this room and confront your mate that way but if you can just get from this exercise that when somebody is trying to make a point somebody else has to listen. Has to listen. Has to be the person who contains everything that that he or she is saying.
4: Right and, right. and that at some point something has to change in the relationship just the catharsis the emotional expression usually doesn't change in her. Right. Doesn't Change a relationship. So, what we're going to see now is, the is how next you step change it. About so you, how you move to changing So,
3: you then ask your mate, what is it you want me to do and the specifically? Mate,
4: specifically. And then the mate's responsibility is to decide essentially, do I want to grow? And if I want to grow, then I give my partner now what I know they want and need. And as I gift them that, it activates a part of me that hasn't been expressed before.
2: Okay. When I get home and you're pressed for time, you know. To- get somewhere. Relax your time schedule a little bit. Say, you know, it's important I get there on time, but, you know, if we're a little late, then that's okay. And give me a little respect for doing what I can and be satisfied with that.
4: Okay. mirror back what you're hearing and see if that's what you're asking for.
1: So when you come home late and I have to be at work or doing something that's real important to me, that I kind of relax and not put the blame of responsibility onto you.
2: Yeah, and give me as much extra time as, as you can to allow my schedule to be important too. Okay, so
1: you would like me to accept that you did the best that you could in getting home and to give you the leeway to get ready or go into the next phase?
2: Trust me to show that that you trust me in that I'm doing what I can to get there on time. OK.
1: So you want me to trust and to believe you that you did the best
2: that you could?
4: Yeah. OK. This is request number one. Okay. Right. What's number two?
2: Uh, if you have to be somewhere, then say, Leighton, I understand that you've had to hustle to get over here, and uh, you know there isn't enough time, so I'm going to take off and, and go ahead, and when you get everything you need to get done to come follow, in the other car. And give me the acknowledgement that together maybe we can't go together, but that you'll trust me to do what needs to be done and come when I can.
1: So you would like me to recognize the attempts that you made and that we may need to have a different schedule about that, that I may have to go on without you, but that that's okay.
2: She, she's heard you on number two. Mm-hmm. Okay, number three. Ask me to help you get ready and do what you need to do. Just forget about me being a part of it and respect me and ask me, to help you do what you need to do to get you off.
1: So you'd like me to respect you and ask you to, to help me? Rather than, than my blaming you for all the problems, you would like me to ask for your help so that I can do what I need to do.
4: Mm-hmm. OK. Now, your response at this point, having heard them accurately, is to decide which gift you would give him Okay. So would you tell him what you'll do?
1: When you come home late and I'm on a deadline and I need to be somewhere, I will acknowledge that you did everything you could to get there and that if we need to, we'll take separate cars so that you don't have to meet my schedule. So thank you.
2: Thank you. You're welcome.
3: (laughs) So have you been able to
2: maintain that? You've been able to do that? Very well. We have really come a long way with that, with that issue especially.
1: For me, I think it's real hard because I get so focused in on things that I need to do. I'm in somewhat of a demanding job and I want to have a schedule the way it is and and we have to take it just exactly by that schedule. And it's easy for me to forget that other people aren't a part of my schedule. Mm -hmm. I just get so focused in on myself. I
3: absolutely
1: understand. (laughs) (laughs) So, having gone through this, I mean, it sounds sort of like I'm this nasty person, but at the same time, having the ability to sit back and just hear his side of it frees me from the responsibility of having done something to start it, you know, the behavior in the first place, and it lets me just hear what his grievance is and allows me to respond to him rather than to feel defensive.
2: Okay and I, I can see that she is respecting me because she'll start to tense up and I can tell, oh, we're pushing on that schedule. But she checks herself, and that, just in itself, for an instant, I suddenly recognize she's telling me she loves me and that I'm important.
3: Because at least she's trying. Yeah. You can see her trying. Yeah, I really can. Randy and Pam, I th- perhaps maybe you came the farthest since Randy had another woman and admitted on tape that he had another woman and has now gotten rid of her. So how has this changed
7: you? Well, since the seminar, we have used the tools that we've learned, the skills that we have learned during the seminar at that time. We use mirroring. We can be out at a restaurant. We have a little altercation, uh, you know. I
3: understand there was an altercation. You used to make fun of her eating or
7: something? Oh, yes, yes. Manners, you know, manners. And I get home and we'll start a little argument. And I'll say, wait a minute, wait a minute, mirror me. Give me the feedback, and we'll go from there, and we may spend two and a half hours on just one little, but by the time we're done, it's resolved. Really? Yes.
3: So it has really changed your marriage? Yes, oh, yes. it
7: has. Yes. It
3: has. Joe and Karen?
2: i just like to say that um, something that we all learned through the seminar was that behind the anger is so much pain, just yeah. so much pain, and you, you tend to view your partner a lot differently. You empathize with them instead of wanting to lash back out at them.
3: Yeah, but you all had an argument on the way to the studio right. for the seminar be- right. over directions, right? Right. And he called you stupid and all this, this mm-hmm. stuff. And, stuff. Yeah. and so now, now what happens when you feel that way, Joe?
2: What happens? I, I think I take more time now, and I, I try and not only listen to what she's saying, but think about what I'm going to say before I say it and make sure it's, it's not something that's going <laughs> to offend her in a certain way or, or
5: cause us to blow up.
2: I think criticism is a lack that Harville has said to, to rid out of your marriage, and it's really important, but it's a very difficult thing to do.
6: So it takes time.
2: It takes time.
3: Mm-hmm. See, I think, too, I mean, I would imagine, Jim and Laurie, that you go home after this seminar really high on the fact that, gee, we've, we've had a breakthrough, and you get home and you expect miracles to happen.
6: Right. You feel like you're cured and that you don't have to go home and do anything. It was just a magic wand touched you and poof. And the first time... conflict arises you say wait a minute why isn't it working Mm -hmm. well it it takes a lot of dedication we've been given the tools but nobody comes home with us to make sure we're using them Mm -hmm. it for me it became a lot less important in a conflict to prove that i was right to prove that somebody was bad or somebody was doing it wrong or or to come to an agreement Mm -hmm. and have the other person agree that okay they did it wrong but a lot more important just to feel that I was understood and heard mm-hmm. and that I understood the other person and heard the other person. Mm-hmm.
0: Jim, for you this did Yeah, even going into an argument or the conflict, as it comes up, you know that there's a need here that's being expressed. It's it's distorted and it's coming out in a different way, but I mean turning it around, what do they really want? And and once you figure that out, being able to to do that for her is just I don't know, it creates such a binding between you two. Uh
6: The need hasn't been so much all along to have the other person change or or totally say, wow, everything I've ever thought my whole life has been wrong, I now agree with you. But the need to be heard has been so strong and to know the other person understood you. And so through these, these containers, and we do alternating container days, you really... Finally, feel empty. Meaning, of where, all what day that. where
3: you get to get let right. all yours out, and the day where he gets to get right. all
6: his out. Right, you okay. finally get that empty feeling where you got it all out, because so many times the same conflict comes up over and over and over again, just because you keep pushing at the other person, feeling that they still haven't heard you.
3: Well, what happens usually in arguments, and this happened on our show, where a father was telling the son-in-law what a jerk he was, and so mm-hmm. forth, and so the son-in-law starts screaming, the father starts screaming, and nobody really ever hears right. anybody, which often right. happens. in
6: and you never feel that satisfaction you never feel that you got it out and it's over and you can put it aside
3: james and mimi this has not been the miracle cure for you however um no it hasn't been. It has not mm-hmm. what did it do for you
8: well, we worked well with uh, targeting like relationship visions and uh we picked a couple things like i'm um, um, trading household chores we've worked with little things like that because to, to quote a phrase i was under the doghouse so i'm in the doghouse now and we're still married and you know she's dropped the divorce so <coughs> You know, prior to coming here, you know, I was divorced, so a month later I'm still married, but, you know, I'm not happily married, but she's not ready to... We we never committed. We've been married for six years, but we never actually committed, you know, so...
3: Never committed to the marriage, Mimi?
8: No. Right.
3: And I put the divorce on hold. Really? So Yeah. So what does it mean you never committed to the marriage? Well... What is a marriage without commitment?
1: I was 17 Mm -hmm. (laughs) when we got married, and I guess I really didn't know what I was going into.
5: Mm hmm
8: And maybe it's the same in my case. I wasn't a real open person, you know, I'm not a, um, a I love you person. I, did you a, a hear I love you when you were growing up? Like that. Um, yes, I did, uh, <laughs> not as much as it may be needed to hear because I'm not a person like that. I think it took me until about the age of 18 to to say I love my mother, but I loved her, you know, and I, I think at this point I've maybe told my father maybe once, but, you know, there was love in, in my life and I'm, I'm a loner. I'm a She has a lot of girlfriends. When she wants to get with her, I'm scared of rejection, too, you know. Mm -hmm. And I would not approach her and say, well, wow, I really want you to be with me. And I wouldn't say things like that. So were you doing something else, I'll do something else. And, and, you know, I'd be alone out there. I'd feel lonely and I'd get involved.
2: Mm -hmm. Vicki, you wanted to say what? She had talked before about the tools and things that we had learned and the ability to use them. We uh, had a situation a couple weeks ago where I don't think that if we hadn't had those tools to work with, that we would have been able to make it through it. But because we were able to understand the reasons behind what happened to us and how to react what, to- What, a big fight? Was it a big fight? No, it was a lot more involved okay. than that. Okay. But by being able to understand you know, the background and you know why somebody would react that way, I think that
6: really helped us to- But you all are still it.
3: separated, though? Well- yeah. Or are you?
2: We're working well, on it. we're
7: working on it, <laughs> working getting back it. together. It's more financial than, you know, okay. uh, relationship wise.
3: Okay. Debbie, you wanted to say what?
1: Well, one of the things that I think is real important is that it's not just a matter of learning to listen to the other person, but I'm also finding in my own circumstance that it's also being clear about what my needs are. And so often I have always thought that, gee, if he really loved me, he would know what it is I need and I don't need to say it. Mm -hmm. I mean, if he really loves me, I don't need to say what I need. And what I'm finding now is as I listen to what his needs are, I have to also be very clear about what mine are and learning to state them in a way that's understood. Right. And that's a Instead real of expecting growth. him to be a psychic, yeah. Right. That's mm-hmm. a real growth process for this style of therapy in that you also learn what it is you need and how to express it so that you're more certain of getting it.
5: Derek? I'd like to say that as been said it's not a miracle cure and it's something that you really have to work with and that now that you have the tools it becomes a lot easier but you're going to have to work out your problems either in this marriage or in your next relationship or your next relationship eventually you're going to have to find out who you are and deal with these things because it's something that will never go away if it's not with valencia it's going to be with the next girl i deal with or my future wife so it's it's something that needs to be addressed mm-hmm. and once you learn how to use the tools, you should use them.
3: How has it helped you?
5: I think we were on our way to separation and and divorce and at least now we are able to work through things on a daily basis. We still have conflicts but they're not as frequent, they're not as severe and I have a teenage daughter. I found that a lot of the things that I've learned in the seminar are also helping me to deal with that situation too. Beth. I just wanted to say, after the seminar, there were a lot of different changes we went through. The first week we were really positive and did all our caring things and said all our wonderful stuff. And then it was like I focused so much on the negative aspects of the marriage that it got to be overwhelming. But the one positive thing that's come out of it is that we've committed to each other for an hour a week just to sit down and talk about the relationship. And that's been, it's sort of like dragging a lamb to the slaughter, but it's been been—it's <laughs> been nice for me. Is
3: divorce ever the answer?
4: Well, I think there are very few instances in which divorce is an answer. I usually say if a person is brain dead or brain damaged or mentally ill, probably so. But most partners can work on their issues. Or in an, an abusive have,
3: situation. Or if in an abusive situation, sometimes you, you yeah. where you're in
4: danger. The mm-hmm. most partners can, with the right skills and information, work through their issues and th- get the, rid of the problem instead of the person.
3: How do you not have arguments? Because, I mean, it's, isn't it just a part of life?
4: Well, it, is, it seems to be a part of life, but it doesn't have to be a part of life. I, I think in, in this process, um, I say to couples that in a conscious marriage, which is what we're trying to help couples create, there's no such thing as criticism. That has to go. And secondly, there's no such thing as spontaneous fighting, that you always fight by appointment only. And that is you ask the partner or say to the partner, <laughs> I have some frustrating feelings. I'd like to express them. Are you available to hear them? And the partner then has time to take their breath, get grounded, and say, yes, I'd like to hear what your feelings are. And, and that
3: way you don't have an argument coming out of nowhere. So, because what, many times when an argument comes out of nowhere, it catches the other person off guard. And what they're angry with, among other things, is the fact that you caught them off guard.
4: Yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. And then they have to defend themselves. Anytime you attack someone, they're going to defend themselves. What and- is
3: this about no exit?
4: Well, no exit is a way of becoming aware of all of the legitimate ways you avoid being involved with your partner, like sleeping too much or drinking or staying up too late with the children or working too late and so forth. as a way of avoiding involvement with your partner in order to avoid growth. So we ask couples to close all the exits they can identify so that they will increase the growth process.
6: Pam,
3: you wanted to say something? Yes, I wanted
6: to clarify as far as the not arguing. We used to argue constantly over every little thing and I would become defensive, he would and we would really start blasting each other. But
7: they all know that. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I mean, down to the ground. And with this exercise as far as the mirror, we do like a mini container. If I have a gripe with him and I all of a sudden feel that okay I'm gonna really start screaming at him, I'll signal him that, paraphrase me, Listen to what I'm saying. it. And then we take it.
7: off with that. We paraphrase And it
6: or... just continues on and on and on. And it
7: keeps it down. Keeps it We've quiet. We've really
6: <laughs> been able to control the anger with that. It's no more helped. yelling. Yeah. Very
3: good. Would you say that doing this seminar has helped all of you to be more in touch? I mean, some people are closer together than others, but has it has it at least Clarified a lot of issues for yourself. What's very interesting to me is that it's so much work It is horrible.
4: It's oh, that's what it is. It's work. Basically, what I call is the work of learning how to love Love does not create marriage. Love is given birth in marriage And what the process we're doing is basically helping couples learn to give birth to love by learning to care for each other care for your partner In the same way and with the same commitment, you care for yourself. It's like, I guarantee your emotional safety with me and also your emotional and spiritual healing. And that's what love is. It's it's stretching to meet into the other person's world, to meet their needs so that they can become whole and healed.
3: Harville's book called Getting the Love You Want, almost I'd say guaranteed to improve your relationship. I thank you couples from the bottom of my heart for sharing
0: your stories with us. Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, The Podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah show, The Podcast. And I thank you for listening.